like this. Oh, are they I don't know if I like those. What happens to them now? Good question. I guess I you just keep them. Put them on your shelf. I forgot about that. <laughs> no. Oh no. No. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. I hope they show up at the. What is happening? Oh. Maya. You and I. We're family. You ain't gonna do it. No. No, we just got here. You ain't gonna do it. Oh. Oh, what? no way. No I had a way. No, no they're doing the thing like where she he gets blinded. He's not yeah. dead. Yeah. He's not no. dead. But why would they do that dead. twist for people who don't know that? that yeah, I'm not a fan of that. Blinded, I'm like not comics, a fan. But... I get it. I'm not a fan. We got to talk about this. <laughs> Welcome back to New Rockstars. Hawkeye's finale was not what most fans were expecting. And whatever you felt about this episode, we are still left with the question of what exactly happened to Kingpin? What exactly happened to this show? And what, what the, the hawk? <laughs> or we really should say, what the owl? Because, you know, why did they just make it a hawk? You know, are owls any more native to Manhattan than hawks are? Maybe that's right? the case. You can find an owl in Central Park. Hawk might be harder to come by. <laughs> Missed opportunity either way. And a terrifying fate for those shrunken tracksuits. I know. You know what owls do to the prey that they kill? It's uh, a horrible death. Their limbs are not going to be where they used to be, Eric. It's, uh, to me, one of the most horrific MCU deaths was Frank in the first Ant-Man movie when mm -hmm. he just was shrunk into a little oh, yes. in, uh, puddle of goo. Dude, I brutal. St still haunts me. This is right up there with it. I hate <laughs> when they just leave shrunken people shrunken and then that's the end of their lives. I, I don't like that. <laughs> um, well, anyway, this is Inside Marvel. It's New Rockstar's weekly Marvel reaction show. This week, we are reacting to the finale of Hawkeye. And this episode's getting a lot of mixed reactions on social media. While we... Uh, tend to be Marvel appreciators here at New Rockstars. It's really because Marvel just gives us a lot to appreciate, and I think there was a lot to appreciate in this episode, but I think it's fair to say, compared to the previous five episodes, it did at times feel like it was an episode of a different series. We have some thoughts as to why that might be the case, whether you had a lot of questions coming out of this finale, or if your only question is, why did people like this as much as I did? Don't <laughs> worry, we're, we're going to be here with answers. We're going to work through it together. Oh, by the way, I'm Eric Voss, and I am so glad to be here to talk this through with M. T. What's going on, buddy? Dude, this episode was, it was fun. It was kind of, you know, uh, kind of crazy here and there, but like I had an overall good time. You know, it's good to see, you know, grills and the crew helping out in the any way they can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had an, uh, a bigger role than I thought they would have in this finale for sure. Uh, <laughs> lots of surprises, um, both good and both just kind of confusing ones. But let's break down what happened this episode. It started mm. strong with Eleanor meeting Kingpin, Vincent D'Onofrio in the flesh, returning with that <laughs> voice and his cane and his cufflinks from the Netflix Daredevil series. We learned that Eleanor had been working off the debt that was owed mm. by her husband, Derek Bishop, and now she wants out of it uh but kingpin's like ah you're still bringing in quite a bit of money through private security yes and we learn that she had killed armand and framed jack but we never actually see that we never really got to see eleanor bishop's sword work in the yeah. show but i wanted to see her murder someone so i can hate her more <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of hard to i was hoping that would be a big reveal after the earlier episodes like right. little uh hints at her nimble abilities. yeah I, I thought we were gonna see like a showdown between her and kate like that's what i wanted the entire season yeah. we never got it and i would say even kingpin in this moment wanted it he was twitching he was ready to explode he's like bring bring <laughs> I want to fight. Let's stop talking. And he flips over the desk and he just, and they both. Yeah, that'd be nuts. Awesome. That'd be a great way to start yeah. the episode. Oh, man. 
Give us the seventh episode. I want to see what this series was supposed to have done in the final episode. Um, but uh, Kate reacts to this footage. Uh, footage that, by the way, MT, was somehow previously set up to record by Yelena in the corner of this room and then was recovered by Yelena the same morning. And Yelena knew hey, what room to set up this camera that good, in. Man. And this weird um, tiki bar office that was at the top of his tower. What was this location and room? I don't know. Uh, but Clint finally calls Kate his partner. So mm. we're, we're ready to go. Hey. Um, and then Maya meets Kingpin, who uh, made sure to change into a Hawaiian shirt under his mm. white suit jacket. Now, business casual, <laughs> yeah, right. He's just he's, he looked around. He's like, why am I why am I wearing something that needs cufflinks? Why don't I just keep the Hawaiian shirt right. short sleeve under the jacket, and people won't know the difference? And I could save myself having to pick out which cufflinks I need to wear because that takes me a good ninety minutes. Exactly. Every so just he's playing smart. Efficient. <laughs> Playing smart. During this conversation, Maya claims to have dropped her pursuit of the Ronin, but Kingpin uh, knows that she is lying, and he orders mm. Kazi to kill her because this city belongs to me. <laughs> and uh, I loved seeing that that comeback from the Daredevil show. Um, so Clint and Kate home alone together, a bunch of trick arrows, and mm. then they get the LARPer staffed as caterers at the Bishop Company holiday party. And uh, Kazi waits about thirty seconds before beginning to spray thirty rock with bullets. But don't worry, it takes a full thirty minutes before the tourists out front of the building to notice that this is happening. Um, but Kate duels Yelena while Clint fights Kazzy. There's some really great uh, action going on here. I, yeah. I really love the lateral shot of Kate and Yelena just like fighting through the office space. Oh I my god, awesome. so cool. And then uh, Clint, during his escape, he gets stuck in the, the 30 Rock Christmas tree. He meets an owl. <laughs> uh, and then Kate timbers this whole tree. Uh, one of my favorite moments of the episode. We're, weird uh, decision by Kate, but I respect it because it was a really yeah. cool scene. <laughs> It looked great. Uh, and then they just unload these trick arrows on the tracksuits, including a PIM arrow that this time shrinks stuff. It yes. shrinks a, a trusted bro, a bro truck, which gets immediately snatched by an owl. And I'm sorry, can we just talk about this for a second? Because <laughs> owls are birds of prey. That owl grabbed that truck because it heard and probably spotted the little shrunken human beings inside. And it's going to claw <laughs> them out of it. And they use their talons to crush their rats or rodents or whatever squirrels they're hunting at nighttime and it suffocates them to death and then devours them and imagine being one of those shrunken russian mafia members i know they were trying to ram into people they're <laughs> awful people that you you know they probably deserve their death i don't think anyone deserves a death that horrific that's awful yeah that's a giant brutal. owl beak eating you <laughs> or maybe feeding you to its children that is a nightmare. Hey, man, that's why you don't do crime. You st that, there, there's always a risk of that happening when you do crime. That's what I hear. <laughs> I, that messed me up. Honestly, that took me out of the episode. I think that is... <laughs> That's, that's like, horrifying. Well, listen, Marvel. Alex, like, I can excuse you blowing up the Hulk <laughs> in really yes, gr gruesome fashion, I but can. not this. <laughs> I absolutely can. This just this triggered me. This freaked me out. Um <laughs> Well, Clint and Yelena fight on the ice, and Clint is able to change Yelena's mind by doing that good old whistle that we've mm. uh, that's been a huge part of of MCU uh, of MCU lore for the past six months. <laughs> Clint <laughs> completed the Black Widow sister whistle, um, but you know it leads to this really really beautiful moment of catharsis between these two grieving mercenaries. Uh, I think it's great that uh, you know 
since Black Widow was denied a uh, funeral during Endgame, that uh, through this series they've been able to uh, properly mourn her and move on from her. I would argue that's what the Black Widow movie was for. I don't think we needed six episodes that are pretty much thematically all just about Natasha Romanov and not so much about these other characters beyond their relationship with Natasha Romanov. But whatever, I, I was happy to get that. I, I just wish that there was other stuff that was explored about these characters. Uh, anyway, uh, Kingpin joins the fray. And for a moment, yes. everything is awesome. He <laughs> rips off a car door. And oh I love that because before that. he's known for slamming a car door in the Netflix <laughs> show. Now he rips off a car door. So cool. The dude takes an arrow to the chest, just snaps it off. He gets rammed by Eleanor's car into a toy store. And then he just throws Kate Bishop uh, into several different stacks of stuffed animals. Um, it's it's just really cool to see how much power he has. That dude's a powerhouse. I don't know what happened, but like that dude is juiced up. Juiced. Uh, juice is loose in <laughs> Kingpin's veins. Uh, but Kate uses that coin flick maneuver that she, you know, the one that she mastered after half a dozen tries uh, to <laughs> flick Kingpin's cuff link into that too dangerous arrow that was basically just a less powerful explosive than the one that she fired at the truck in episode three. But she cooks Kingpin just a bit, but allows him to escape until he runs into Maya, who raises a gun to shoot him, but the camera tilts up. So we only hear a gunshot and a thud to the ground, but we do not see a body. Correct. So is Kingpin still alive? Probably. We'll explain why. Um, but throughout this episode, Maya has killed Kazzy. Uh, Kate gets Eleanor arrested. Jack goes full swordsman, carries that sword <laughs> to the party. He's I already love that so much. It's like just casual sword, no big deal. <laughs> you know how awkward it is to kind of carry a sword at your sheath at a at a crowded party. You know he's knocking into some caterers, oh, yeah. bumping some people. He with hit that several sheath. people it's with annoying. that sword, no doubt. <laughs> He helps them fight the tracksuits, so he ended up being just a good guy, but we never learn uh, really where he goes after this or why he was so stupid in this show. <laughs> we'll talk about him, too. Uh, but then Kate joins Clint with the pizza dog, who is now named Lucky, as hey. he is in the comics. Uh, but we saw uh, this dog benefit from zero recent luck at any point since Kate brainstormed pizza-related names for him. I don't know why she suddenly decided to call him Lucky and didn't say this earlier. But hey, good thing we delayed that to an off-screen ADR line in the final scene. Glad we got that in. Uh, and then on the Barton Farm in Christmas is where we leave ourselves, where we learn that the Avengers watch was engraved with the S.H.I.E.L.D. logo and the number 19. Referring to S.H.I.E.L.D. Agent 19, a.k.a. Mockingbird, which is normally Bobby Morris's designation, but apparently is now Laura Barton's. Confirming uh, one thing that we were wondering about her character, but it seems like having no other significance than just having that. I don't know why Laura Barton would be so nervous about this S.H.I.E.L.D. logo and the number 19 being on there. Why Is there something else on this watch? Doesn't seem like it. But if the world were to see the S.H.I.E.L.D. logo with the number 19 on it, the Barton life on the farm in Missouri would be over as they know it's like, it. There's 18 more watches. <laughs> Wait, 19. I mean, to be fair, MT, if you and I got that, we'd probably be like, to Missouri! And then we'd ruin their lives. But then we get this post credit scene, uh, and they show us the full four-minute, I can do this all day, performance from Rogers the Musical. So fun. Yes. So fun. I'm so glad good. that they gave Those guys are so talented. I was like, oh my god. They went all in for just like a little like segment at the beginning of the first episode. Right. They went all in. So like, respect to them. Yeah, I love it. And it, the the... Lyrics, the music, the choreography, the performances, everything about this was just so well produced. And, and I love it. I still want to see the full two-act musical. <laughs> Release so, it on Disney uh, Plus, Marvel. Release it. Take it on tour. 
I want to see our friend Nico de Jesus, and I want to see him do his little dance. It was awesome. He is so talented. Everyone, Adam Pascal, incredible. Now, we've been having some fun. I've been, you know, poking. I've been doing the kind of stupid cinema sense thing at this show. I get it. There was still a lot to appreciate from this show. Don't worry. I'm going to break it down. We're going to talk about it. But however you felt about this finale, we are here with you. We're going to process it together. We're going to get to the bottom of whether or not Kingpin is alive or dead. He's alive, don't worry. But the Hawkeye inspired latest obsession shirt over at newrockstarsmerch.com is about to disappear. So go grab one quick. But they also have a brand new Kingpin shirt, Long Live the King, and Long Live That King, please. <laughs> There's also a really fun tracksuit mafia trust a bro moving company shirt. There's also just an incredible lineup of Spider-Man No Way Home designs that you gotta check out, like our strange entanglement shirt. I think that's my favorite shirt we've made all year at New Rockstars Merch. So yeah, jump on that. And when you get a latest obsession shirt, you'll get the added option to leave a message that will show up at the bottom of Inside Marvel episodes. Like, we got Jesse who says, Yo, bro, will Santa Fisk bring us chaos in the multiverse? <laughs> Ooh, I, uh... We just have to hope that he brings us chaos in the MCU, at least, before I mean, uh, he, they start bringing them... I would love to see multiple Fisk has. variants just running amok in the MCU. Just trying to, like, fight each other for, for like, land in New York. That'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> This city belongs to me. No, this city belongs to me. No, this city belongs to me. Me, me, me. Then Ryan says, so I'm kind of nervous to ask this, but did Grills survive episode six? Yes, it looked like he, he did. did. He did. Despite naming him Grills. Makes me kind despite of Despite bringing him back. Despite, they could have named him anything. They named him the guy in the comics who dies. Uh, but he did survive. The last we saw him, he was talking to uh, other Police officers, he's a firefighter, yes. So they're yeah. talking to the other first responders saying, no, 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 we're the good guys. We're, we're practically Avengers. Just a fun little moment. But it <laughs> looks like he's safe. He's alive. Zach Waters says, do you think Ned will become a hobgoblin in a future Spider-Man movie? Um, we are not going to spoil Spider-Man No Way Home in this episode of Inside Marvel, just because we know we have some Hawkeye fans who are watching Hawkeye but have not seen um, Spider-Man No Way Home yet. Um, but we, uh, I don't think it's too much of a spoiler to say that there are some weird wizard things going on with Ned in Spider-Man No Way Home. MT made an amazing video about that that went on the channel Thank yesterday. Um, so uh, I think it's more likely that he is a sorcerer and mm. it's a future as a sorcerer and or wizard it's hard to know how though because he is a sony property so i don't think he's going to show up on a disney plus show uh, yeah. his future seems limited to whatever spider-man stuff they want to develop in the future but hey make a uh, a sorcerer ned and mj show where he's a wizard at mit she's a scientist at mit and they just have to deal with the madness that i mean i would watch that show i love those characters I would love it. I really hope that we see them in uh, Ironheart, like, because Ironheart takes place in Yeah, it would just, yeah, it would have to be another, like, Sony joint production with Marvel, or Marvel would have to, like, buy those characters from Sony to put them in Ironheart. Uh, Yeah, Yeah. I I think it's it's hard to have just those Sony characters, because anytime Ned uh, showed up in uh, in Infinity War and in Endgame, that was a package deal with getting Peter Parker in there from Sony. Um, all right, let's let's talk about the big question this episode, MT. All right, Eric. Uh, what the hawk happened to Kingpin at the end of this? Because like it seems like he got shot, but I think we know it does seem like he got shot. He's probably yeah, we alive. we did hear the gunshot. We heard the heavy thud. Something hit in the ground immediately after. However, the episode uses that classic TV trope of just deliberately not showing the moment of the death. And the rule is no corpse, no death, no exactly. death. <laughs> uh, I mean, we've seen this so many times. We've seen it in, like, Walking Dead and Game of Thrones and Lost. We saw it recently in Squid Game. This is just something that TV shows do, where if you don't see the person drop dead, bleed out, the life go out of their eyes, 
they love to leave that door open so they can bring them back in some way. <laughs> For sure. Now, it could be that Disney Plus just didn't want to show a gruesome shot to the head. I don't think that's the case there. Because this whole gun to the face moment is a direct pull from the comics. When Daredevil exposes Kingpin's lies to Echo, similar to the way Clint exposed Kingpin's lies to Echo uh, last episode of Hawkeye. So Echo shoots Kingpin in the face, but he is able to survive this. He just gets blinded. Uh, and he does suffer a major career setback. It's a very big deal for him. But then later on in the comics, he gets like reconstructive eye surgery. Right. So it's a big deal. It's something that Kingpin goes through. Uh, but I think it's more likely now that we just see Kingpin either blind or with one eye shot out in the Echo series whenever it comes back. And they clearly teased this by having Kingpin's last words before the shot be, our family doesn't always see eye to eye mm. for the first time ever. We're doing <laughs> things eye to eye. <laughs> that would be fun. Get some goofy movie That would be here. great. Just to get the power, uh, what's his name? Power Train? I forget his name. Uh, Powerline? Powerline! That's exactly what it was. Yes. Now, it is also possible that Kingpin could have just grabbed that gun, pointed it upward, they squeeze the trigger, you know, and then they both thud to the ground in a struggle, and that Christmas music takes takes over. It was off screen. Really, anything is possible. I just think clearly they're doing the, the eye moment. Like, if they are oh, doing yeah. anything with this, that would be the only thing, the only rational explanation to why they did it this way. Because... Yeah. Kingpin was one of the best parts of the Marvel Netflix world. Uh, sure. He's super violent. His The psychology of his character is fascinating. So to just like kill him off off screen with my executing him like this, depriving fans of getting to know D'Onofrio's version of the character really, and to bring him into the series to hype up this big guy episode after episode and then just kill him off would just be like a, a failure of expectation management by Marvel Studios to the highest degree. And Marvel yeah. is not that dumb. They like money. You know, they got a plan here. Um, <laughs> I think it is okay to just live in this reality in which Kingpin is still alive. And we'll, we'll talk about what that means. I, I just, I gotta say, a quick aside, setting up this whole mystery of whether or not he's dead, I, I just think that kind of sucks. Because it's not a really fun debate to have. <laughs> you have to know this thing from the comics when you're watching this to know what they're doing here. And if you're just a casual fan, as most people are who are watching the show, they're gonna be like, Oh, so they just they just killed him off? Uh, it was off screen, <laughs> but why would you do it that way? MT, are, you've been on Twitter. Are, is anyone really enjoying this is he dead or is he alive debate right now? I mean, it seems that, you know, people are very much divided about, you know, about this whole Kingpin death thing. And I, it, it makes sense because, like, a lot of people really wanted to see him, you know, rise up and become this huge Marvel villain. And, like, we know he's not dead from the comics. And, like, it's just highly likely that Marvel wants to use this amazing actor, Vincent D'Onofrio, in the future. But, yeah, for them to do that um, in this episode and not really, like, you know, tease him surviving in a post credit scene... It just feels really, yeah. a real, like a really interesting decision by Marvel. No, I think I think it's a bad decision by Marvel. I'm not afraid to you know, afraid of this. I, I think it was a misstep to do it this way, and I think we needed a post credit scene. We need some ending thing. Like, how cool would it be? We post credit scene open back up on Vincent D'Onofrio, both eyes shot out of his head, but somehow the dude is just able to rage, stand up, and scream. Like, how would terrifying would that be? Two bloody bullet holes in the guy's head. Like, you could do the same thing like you did in that episode of Loki. It seems to kill off Loki, and then post credit scene opens back up, he's still alive. Marvel fans know how that works. We're fine with it, but now you put us in this situation where, like, 
we are forced to kind of cling to one of two realities. One, we got an episode that lied to us with the laziest possible TV trope that uh, you have to know this one Daredevil comic to have any sense of how Kingpin would survive this. Or two, the MCU is just a hell of a lot lamer than it was a week ago. And obviously we're sticking with the first explanation, but that's not a really fun place to be in either. I don't think this was a fun move. Oh yeah, it, it definitely wasn't a fun move and a lot of people are going to be upset. But I can totally see from like a business standpoint why marvel would have done it this way because like you know they have the echo series coming out and like you know they want to they want people to watch that show so if they were like in in trailers or in promo material hey do you want to know what happened to kingpin like oh it's in this echo show um so that's sort of what i think they're leaning on but like yeah i I do agree that like i do not 100 like how it was handled in this episode um we should have definitely got like i'm alive tease um, because everyone loves the kingpin. Right. And I was already on board with watching Echo show. That prologue scene with her as a kid in class, I'm like, I, I will watch four seasons of this series, okay, yeah. you know? Um, I don't need this big twist. And like, yeah, you can still have Kingpin as a threat, but just give us a bit more to show like how use it as a character building moment for him, as opposed to just like an off-screen mystery. That was like a bad episode of Lost move, you know? Mm. And and it's not the kind of move that this show has normally made. Something was going on behind the scenes of the show. Maybe they reduced the the episode count last minute maybe they're like oh we are gonna work in kingpin this is gonna come out the yeah. same time as spider-man no way home and the hawkeye team is like well we had a different thing in mind for how this is gonna dovetail together and they're like no no, no you have to reshoot this reshoot because it's it felt like most of the scenes were reshot this episode there was yeah. rushed dialogue there was 80 it's like what we saw in the falcon winter in the winter soldier it felt like they found this episode in the edit and it does not seem like it was intended to be it was not scripted this way initially because the same team who wrote all these other episodes that were so good, there's no way they write an episode that is this rushed. And I know a lot of people are defending it, saying, oh, I still loved it. Is there something wrong with me? There's nothing wrong with you, but you may just be someone who also likes CW shows that are also poorly written, and you're <laughs> willing to let that still entertain you, which good for you. I wish I could live in your world, because I, I feel like I would be a happier person. But like we appreciate good creative decision-making Uh, And Marvel normally does that. So we have to be honest when they don't hit the mark. And they did not hit the mark in this finale. Yeah, no, I I think that this finale, you know, for me anyway, I think that there was a lot of good things. That there was a lot of, it was really fun. Like, I really like the trick arrow stuff. I love, you know, the tree falling. I did too. The owl action, even though it is kind of creepy. And I really love how, you know, Jack, it just ended up being just a a weirdo that loves swords. I I love that about his character. And though we didn't really know about his character at all, which is kind of sucky. You know, I do love that we're being introduced to this really lovable oaf type character. But yeah, I do think that this episode wasn't the strongest. It was probably one of the weakest episodes of the season. And the editing was just really choppy. And I do think that there, there, I, I have this weird feeling that, like you said, there might have been another villain here. Because, like, one of the biggest upsets for me about this whole series was Kazi. Because Kazi in the comics is the clown. And he mm-hmm. was supposed to be this, I thought he was going to be this huge character and this huge um, opposition for, for Clint Barton. But he just ended up being this guy that sort of was dating uh, Echo. And then now he's he might be dead. I don't know. He's just some yeah. throwaway character, which is kind of a... They gave him this like um, random rant that was in the final episode. This was supposed to be mine, but they clearly cut a scene from the episode four intro where that kid was supposed to be young Kazi in the karate academy, Mm -hmm. Um, but they didn't give him any lines. He just gets like beaten in one of the earlier sparring rounds. And like, we didn't get any sense that he had any kind of career envy until he said this was supposed to be mine. Like, 
they they completely reduced that character. I don't know what that character is supposed like to be. I assume it might have been lost yeah. in the edit or something. I don't know. It just feels weird. And I'd say that this is something that drives me crazy about these Disney Plus shows, which I have to say, Disney Plus overall as a rollout has been one for the books. It's been incredible. Literally like the, the programming they've had in the in 2021. Um, but they keep doing this thing where they release these like hour long episodes that actually have like 38 minutes of real content in it, mm-hmm. you know? And like, use your runtime. Like I understand if you shoot it, like, why do you edit it out? Like, just put it all in there. Because what you produced was not a coherent 38 minutes of story. It was all over the place. Tonally, it, it didn't make sense. So I don't know why the notes are being applied the way they are. I think the creatives feel hamstrung to not overlap with some of the other things Marvel might have in development. And they're they're told, oh, actually, you have to cut this from the episode. Or actually, don't. It, these shows feel very produced. At the mm. end of the day, uh, which isn't a bad thing generally if everyone's on the same page. But if people aren't on the same page, like Loki, WandaVision, they seem very much on the same page with those showrunners. Falcon Winter Soldier, Hawkeye seem to be on very different pages with the showrunners. But I want us to talk about this uh, Kingpin's future because this dude is an absolute unit. He took an arrow to the chest. He snapped it <laughs> off. The guy's super powered, obviously. And they really, they did dial that up a bit more in on Disney+. Plus. Oh, How do you think the MCU is going to justify all that beef? Are we talking super soldier serum? Are we talking it's just all muscle under there and he just trained a lot? The guy... Doesn't skip any day. I, I mean, I think that it has to has something to do with the super soldier serum because we see um, yeah. Agent Nineteen introduced in this episode, who is Mockingbird, and we know that Agent Thirteen, who is used to be, uh, you know, Sharon Carter. Well, she is still is a Sharon Carter. Um, yeah, you know, she's going to be introduced as the power broker. So I think that there is some type of relationship between Kingpin and the power broker that we will see in these street level uh, Marvel shows uh, moving forward. So. Yeah. Feels like an Armor Wars subplot, oh, for sure. Absolutely. But I wanted to ask you, MT, what does Kingpin's role in the show tell us about the way Daredevil will fit in the MCU? Mm. Uh, based off of Kevin Feige's confirmation before No Way Home that Charlie Cox will be playing Daredevil in the MCU. I mean, I think that, you know, Daredevil is going to be trying to dismantle this empire, obviously, that Kingpin has built. And I'm, I'm one of my biggest questions from the series is whether or not Daredevil and Kingpin have actually met in this universe because it doesn't seem like they've met or else daredevil would have shown up i feel like daredevil should have been here for all of this action right this was happening in new york in like a really hot spot so like no daredevil yeah it's kind of weird yeah this is a different version of kingpin than we saw in the in the netflix show this version of kingpin didn't have a maya lopez that he cared so much about you know he didn't have a tracksuit mafia those things would have come up in the netflix world if, if it was so connected. So I think we are looking at a variant version of the character. And I think that also sure. tells us that uh, Daredevil in the future of the MCU is just going to be like a bit of a variant. I, and I think people oh, yeah. are like, oh, but we like so much about what they did on those uh, Netflix Daredevil shows. I mean, yeah, there was a lot of great stuff. But I think you can kind of pick and choose a la carte which of that backstory you want to canonize as MCU canon by just having him reference it in dialogue and then for everything else just kind of leave it open-ended I think that's probably what Feige's gonna do yeah and I, I don't think Feige really has much of a choice I'm I'm guessing with the whole Netflix contracts and all that stuff they probably just want to yeah. keep all of their events all right this is our universe you can't use any of our events Go think of your own stuff. And I don't think he has a problem doing that. That's honestly oh, yeah. his preferred choice to be able to like tell a new history and not 
be held to what the history was before? And I think the answer is going to be that these are variants as opposed to this guy was in New York at the same time doing all of his stuff in Daredevil season one, hanging out with the hand in season two, all that stuff. No, there's going to be like a different hand. There's going to be kind of a different story there. Um, and I, I think it's going to be better ultimately. Yeah, I think we might see like an implied Netflix character crossover in a Secret Wars event or something. Just be like, oh yeah, I'm the kingpin that you know and love or I'm the Daredevil that you know. Yes. Briefly. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, for the most part, all these characters that we're seeing in these Disney Plus shows are just completely new. All right, we're going to talk more about this episode. But first, something that can be just as big and scary as Kingpin is credit card debt. Upstart can help lift that burden and help you avoid the big bad of debt. Upstart is a fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. Unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than just your credit score, like your income and your employment history. This means it can offer some smarter rates with trusted partners. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate up front for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. You can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan and find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash marvel. That's upstart.com slash marvel. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit income and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash marvel. We also want to thank Bluetooth for sponsoring this episode. Guys, there's nothing sexier than confidence and Bluetooth can help give you that confidence where it counts. Bluetooth is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets and at a fraction of the cost. You can take them anytime, day or night, so you can plan ahead or be ready for whenever an opportunity arises. The process is simple. Sign up at Bluetooth.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you will receive your prescription within days. And the best part, it's all done online, so no visits to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. Bluetooth's tablets are made in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package so if you could benefit from some extra confidence when it's time to perform blue chew can help you and we've got a special deal for our listeners try blue chew free when you use our promo code inside marvel at checkout just pay the five dollars in shipping that's bluechew.com promo code inside marvel to receive your first month free visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information we thank blue chew for sponsoring this episode and we want to thank helix for sponsoring this episode you might lose sleep because you're staying up late watching the latest hawkeye episode but you shouldn't lose any sleep because of a bad mattress helix sleep has a quiz that matches your body type and your sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you tend to sleep hot. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. I have a Helix mattress. I love it. The quiz matched me with a medium firm mattress with lumbar support. Sleeps cool. Perfect. The mattress ships right to your door for free. No need to go to the mattress store. Just go to helixsleep.com slash insidemarvel. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they will match you to a customized mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash insidemarvel. And we want to thank Stance for sponsoring us today. We recently got a shipment of some Stance socks and we love them. They're very well made, super soft, have some funky and unique designs to them. You may not always be able to see my socks. They're, they're down in no man's land, but rest assured, uh, they got some cool Batman designs. That's how Batman works. He's a creature of the night. You just gotta trust that he's there watching. Founded in 2009, Stance Apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks. A 
underwear and active apparel. With a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings an atypical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators for the ultimate in style and self-expression. Because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. One of the coolest parts of Stance socks is the pop culture collaborations they do. They have socks with designs from DC, The Office, Marvel, and Pixar right now. So I'm going to grab some of those Boba Fett socks ahead of the book of Boba Fett starting next week. It's cool to express yourself with super comfortable, super fun socks. And Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. That those who feel good, do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use promo code MARVEL at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. All right, buddy. Our second question is... The Hawk is Laura Barton's history as Mockingbird, and why was she so eager to keep it a secret? And will we see her again? A uh, great question. Yeah, so she clearly was the Shield agent, right? Uh, right? Agent Nineteen. They're making her Mockingbird. I think this is a fun choice for for Linda Cardellini's character. Uh, and I don't know how much of a future this gives her, uh, though. Like, I think if we do see her again, it will tie in with like Sharon Carter, right? In Armor Wars. I just don't. I I wonder. You know, when we come out of Eternals. Eternals really underperformed at the box office. And you could even hear the Marvel executive saying, I don't know how much of this movie we're going to like bring back and make sure to follow up on in the future. Like, uh, the truth is that Hawkeye has been the lowest rated show on Disney Plus that they've done. Uh, so I don't know if they're going to follow up with Linda Cardellini as Agent 19. I think that was just kind of a little wink saying, oh, there was a reason why she and Clint met. Uh, it wasn't just she was a farm girl in Missouri, that they were both uh, working in the world of espionage. And I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I don't think that necessarily negates the existence of a Bobby Morse, especially now that uh, Lord Barton is retired. Uh, and there could be easily a new Agent 19. In the same way that I wouldn't be surprised if there's a new Agent 13. Because Sharon Carter's out of the game. Or she's in a new game, we should say. <laughs> no, I, ha I have this weird feeling that we could potentially see uh, Laura Barton in Secret Invasion because Secret Invasion is this oh, sure. huge thing with the scrolls and like Shields was and the scrolls were involved with Shield and all that stuff. So yeah, maybe Laura. There's still a chance that Laura Barton could be a scroll or she has some type of uh, history with of uh, dealing with the scrolls. So I think that this could be very much a teaser for all right. Um, we were giving Laura Barton something to do and you'll see her very soon in Secret Wars. Uh, I mean, in Secret yeah. Invasion. Yeah, I will see. My hopes for any scroll sighting were dashed in this show, uh, which I know that was a big reach to expect this one watch to have the whole database of where every scroll is cool. on the planet. I was just hoping at some point, maybe one of those tracksuits could have been revealed as a scroll or something like that. <sighs> but so nope, fun. we didn't get anything. Let's let's ask, what the hawk is next for Yelena Belova? Are we ever going to learn more about Val's involvement with Eleanor and with Kingpin, you think? Uh, I would hope so, because we didn't get any of those answers in this, in this series. Uh, I really wanted to see Val um, at some point in this episode, and we never did, which is a bummer. Because like, I wanted to see Val and Kingpin interact because they're amazing actors. Um, but yeah, they, they would have been fun. But in regards to Yelena, I think that she's just going to have to be, you know, deal with the fact that her sister sacrificed herself and she's going to maybe get inspired by her sacrifice because, you know, up until this point, she's been a very, you know, self-serving person. And so hearing that her, her, her sister basically risked it all for humanity might inspire her to take up her mantle. So we might see the beginnings of her, you know, becoming Black Widow because of this news. 
Uh, what do you think is next for Yelena? Um, I, I think whatever Dark Avengers or Thunderbolts plan that is in the works with Val, with with John Walker, potentially with Abomination, I think that's all still in the works. Mm. Um, I'm just wondering why Yelena doesn't question Val using her as a weapon. I think that was an important lesson that was discussed on this show, but it didn't seem like Yelena truly learned it. It seemed like the only point of that final conversation was to properly grieve Natasha. But like... Clint was being exploited as a weapon in his past. Yelena is currently being used by basically a new Drakov. And I want Yelena to face that. Maybe there's... I just want her to acknowledge that Val is a bad actor who is <laughs> trying to use her for, for nefarious reasons. And the fact that she just so unquestioningly took that assignment uh, and like it needed Clint to whistle and to say this whole speech about <laughs> Natasha for her to realize that he wasn't worth killing. Uh, it's like she learned nothing from the events of Black Widow, um, which the whole point of these things is to force us to care about watching these other things. And with each, whenever when they do it poorly, it's just like, don't get me wrong. I love that scene between her and Clint on the ice. I, I thought it was a beautiful conversation. Uh, it's just why bring uh, Yelena in this show if she isn't going to have any identity of her own other than, Black Widow. I think my favorite moment for her was when she dusted and undusted. And it was so fascinating to be like, I lost five years of my life. And then she just goes, where's Natasha? And it honestly feels like what they did in Last Jedi with Finn. And they just made him say, where's Rey? And then his mm -hmm. character no longer has any of his own importance in the story. He's just there as a foil for someone else. So that's obviously not going to be the case with Florence Pugh. She's great. She has a ton of agency in the way she's playing this character. Obviously, they have a future in mind for her. Uh, but that future gave us uh, no evidence in these six episodes. But, MT, let's let's go into some final thoughts on this series. I feel like I've been negative on this show. But overall, these six episodes have been uh, pretty fun. I think very fun. Uh, a lot of standout moments throughout each episode. The car chase in episode three. Uh, everything we learned about uh, uh, Maya Lopez. The introduction of Kingpin. This show had some great chemistry between Clint Barton and uh, and Kate Bishop. Haley Steinfeld was a find for this show. She was incredible in the way she played great this casting. character. Um, really, really great casting. Um, and uh, yeah, it was just a fun Christmas show. And I think my favorite thing about this finale is just how much it seems to reference Christmas movies in little ways. And I think that's going to be my favorite thing to look at in the breakdown is like, oh, they tried to make the ultimate Christmas uh, story between Die Hard and Home Alone and Home Alone mm. 2 specifically. There's just like a lot of little things that they did that I, I really, really did appreciate. And I love the Christmas music, especially episode five, the way they brought in the stings of your mean one, Mr. Grinch, the, the Charlie Brown Christmas music when Clint's walking by himself. They just did a really, really great job of that. Obviously, <laughs> Rogers musical, I can do this all day. I can watch that all day. I, I'm super <laughs> grateful for this series for it really did feel like a stocking uh, full of great goodies. There's just one little lump of coal at the bottom. But overall, I can handle that coal. And we need that coal to stay warm, especially if we're in West Virginia. <laughs> no, I completely agree. Like this this show, it was really great. And as a person who really loved the Matt Fraction Hawkeye comics, this felt like a really great adaptation of those comics. It literally felt like those comics brought to the screen. And you could tell that Matt Fraction was very much involved with this episode, with this whole series. Because that humor is there. Matt Fraction is an insanely funny dude. And so my biggest like fear or my biggest um, like worry or want for the show, I should say, was like I wanted it to be funny. And I wanted um, Kate and Clint to have 
really good chemistry. And they really did in this episode. Haley Steinfeld brought it. Jeremy Renner was great. And, um, you know, this show very much felt like the Mad Fraction comic. So, like, that's why I really love this yeah. show. And this show had honestly had no business being as good as it was. Um, considering true. that a lot of people, you know, Hawkeye, it's Hawkeye. Now, he's like the least, um, I don't know, respected Avenger. And, like, they make a lot of the jokes, a lot of those jokes in the Marvel comics. So, I'm not being mean. He's like, the, people, the, the Avenger people are the least hyped for. So, the fact that this show was this good is pretty yeah. amazing and i think that the show was a, a overall a positive and a, a good move on marvel studios and i really want a season two i think so i think so i agree with you i think it's really really hard to end a series right into mm-hmm. that's always the hardest part of anything to write in a way especially week after week after fans get attachments to characters into subplots that you didn't expect them to get attachments to mm-hmm. so to resolve all that in the final episode it's it's rare it's it's not common that they're able to pull it off at that successfully i mean wandavision for as great as the show as that was that final episode had plenty of weird kind of moves especially with you know evan peter's character that (laughs) don't really make any sense um so i think over time as we look back on the show we're going to remember some of the more fun uh, the action every chase scene every fight scene the how big ass arrow on the bridge (laughs) ring out of those arrows the giant arrow on the bridge um yeah i i um I'm super grateful for this show, and I'm thankful to everyone for letting me pick it apart every week with you, MT, and and to uh, and to break it down and to be critical of it, and know that I, I still love all these characters, and I and I'm grateful to these creators for for Hell giving yeah, this man. to us. Um, grateful we we pay them eight bucks a month, so yeah. but uh, <laughs> they better get our this money. Good content, Jesus Christ, they're getting our money. They're getting more money from us. <laughs> now more than ever and increasingly even more so whatever. but i'm, I'm in general you know christmas time i try to have an attitude of an appreciation we don't have to have a live action marvel disney plus shows but we get them almost every week and we will continue to get them almost every week in the new year because while that is it for this episode of inside marvel and tomorrow of course will be my breakdown of all the easter eggs i'm also going to try to squeeze in a breakdown of this multiverse of madness trailer that's now on youtube but um we're going to take just a like a week break from marvel content after that until the new year so next week we're going to release a few videos on the book of boba fett uh which we're super excited about tommy's going back to wookie leaks it's going to be wild because we only we learned that we've only seen the first half of the first episode in trailer content robert rodriguez is hiding uh, big reveals that mm. we're going to see in the first episode and beyond mm. so um that's what we're going to do the final week of the year and then uh, the first week of january we're going to be back with our regular schedule of all the new weekly episodes of inside marvel even when there is a, a new marvel disney plus show to talk about and when there's just marvel news mt and i are going to be with you every week and we're gonna have a lot more of everything here at new rock stars so uh just don't worry if you don't see as many like spider-man videos next week we're just taking (laughs) but mt i want to thank you for closing out 2021 with us here on inside marvel because doing this show with you every week reacting episodes as they come out on disney plus whatever the big marvel news is it's just been a true delight you've been such an amazing contribution to our team this year and i'm so grateful for you you guys have completely changed my entire year. Like I started this year off completely different. And so to be able to do this with you guys every day, 
is a honestly a dream come true. It, it does not feel like work for a single second. Like this is literally, I'm living the dream and I'm doing it with you, buddy. So this is great. Yeah. Well, we're so glad to have you with us. And for everyone watching, don't forget to check out our many great merch options at NeuroXersMerch.com that long live the King shirt, the Bro shirt, all this great stuff. And our uh, Strange Entanglement shirt is a great one. Follow me at EA Voss. Follow MT at Mastertainment. Follow New Rockstars. Subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for watching. And we'll close with our... Uh, maybe our favorite moment, but if not, just at least a randomly hilarious moment this episode. <laughs> Take a look. Do you remember when you peed in your pants in the Hamptons? I do. Everybody does.